And uh, we'll kind of pick up uh, where uh, the preacher left off. And, and by the way, you know, I'm, uh, for those of you who are visiting tonight, I'm kind of typically pretty long-winded uh, when it comes to preaching. Uh, I have a difficult time uh, kind of getting what I need to say done in 45 minutes, uh, sometimes more than that. And uh, he covered, uh, he gave us exactly what we needed in about 15 uh, minutes today. I know some of you were getting a little bit nervous when it was hitting 12 o'clock uh, and he hadn't gotten it into his text yet, and, uh, but I uh, appreciate uh, what he did say uh, today and wish we had more time. And uh, we'll probably, in the future, if the Lord allows uh, for that, uh, coming from Thailand and most places coming from Asia, you come in uh, to the West Coast, and uh, so tickets round trip uh, from that area aren't that much uh, in the grand scheme of things. So we may try to get him to come back uh, for a missions conference uh, or something a little bit longer. Uh, I know he comes back for other meetings, and so we might even uh, try to, even if it doesn't fit into our normal meeting times, you know, in the spring and in the fall, uh, we'll do our best to try to get him uh, to come back. But I do encourage you to find him online. I know Open Door Baptist Church in Linwood uh, has a bunch of messages of his on there uh, on the internet. I was listening to one uh, even before the service this morning. It was a blessing. And uh, so we'll begin reading in verse number 1 of 2 Samuel chapter number 20. There happened to be there a son of Belial whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, Every man to his tent, so Israel. So every man of Israel went up after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem. uh, And the king took the ten women, uh, his, uh, his concubines, whom he had left to keep in the house, and put them in ward and fed them. Uh, but went not in unto them, so they were shut up uh, unto the day of their death, living in widowhood. This is, of course, a reference to uh, the ten concubines uh, that Absalom uh, had defiled, and, uh, and, uh, and they spent the rest of their life uh, in this, uh, this place uh, to where uh, they lived in widowhood. Verse 4, Then said the king to Amasa, Assemble me, the men of Judah, within three days, and there were present, and, they, uh, but, and be thou here present. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, and he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now shall Sheba, the son of Bichri, do us more harm than did Absalom. Take thou thy lord's servants, and pursue after him, lest he get him fenced cities and escape us. And there went out after him Joab's men, uh, and notice what it says. It was Joab's men, uh, but he had put uh, his brother in charge. Uh, and if, uh, if you have uh, siblings, brothers in particular, and these brothers uh, that uh, we read about uh, in 2 Samuel, uh, they, were, uh, uh, they were a lot to handle. Um, even so much so that David said that they, that they were too much for him. Uh, basically what that means... Uh, Remember last week we talked about David being afraid of Saul uh, to the point that he went to Gath uh, to hide, uh, and he was sore afraid. It was the only place in uh, the Samuels uh, that it's referenced his fear. Uh, but David, even though he's God's man, even though a man after God's own heart, he made uh, terrible, terrible mistakes and sins recorded for us in Scripture, uh, and, uh, but the Bible, uh, God's view of him uh, is, uh, is good. 
uh, and uh, I believe he's in heaven, obviously, and, uh, and, he, and he loved God. Uh, he loved the house of God. Uh, but he made, a, he made more mistakes uh, in his life in leadership uh, than just the mistake he made with Bathsheba. Uh, but, but the sin uh, that he uh, did uh, with Bathsheba also played into this scenario uh, that was read this morning uh, in the brutal murder uh, of uh, this, uh, this uh, individual, Amasa, uh, that we read about. And so Joab's men went out, and uh, in uh, verse number 8, and when they were at the great stone, which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them, uh, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him, and upon it a girdle with the sword fastened upon his loins, and it sheathed thereof, and as he went forth, it fell out. So he was concealing a weapon, uh, and as he made his way towards Amasa, uh, you know, the stuff began to loosen up, and uh, in the weapon was exposed, and, and Joab said to Amasa, verse 9, Art thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with a right hand to kiss him, uh, and then he stabbed him, the Bible says in verse number 10, uh, in, uh, in the fifth rib, uh, which you find, uh, that's kind of like the kill shot. Uh, you find over and over again in the Old Testament. We're going to read about that here uh, in just a minute in another place. Uh, so so he, he does this. And when you think about uh, the gore, obviously, uh, that's taking place here, uh, this, he grab, grabbing somebody by the beard uh, to trick them uh, and stab them and kill them. And, and the way that the Bible describes about his bowels and uh, and, uh, and wallowing in all of that. And as, as the preacher this morning read the story, uh, they tried to cover him up, uh, and nobody would move. Nobody would go forward. They had a job. David had sent them uh, after Sheba. And he, by the way, uh, Sheba uh, got to where the, he was going, and there was a wise woman uh, that came out on behest of the city uh, and gave, uh, gave those men uh, three reasons why uh, they shouldn't um, you know, sacked the entire city, uh, and they ended up uh, killing Sheba and throwing his head uh, over the wall, uh, and that sufficed everything, and everybody kind of went home. And uh, so this is a uh, this is Bible times. This is this is this is war time. It is uh, very detailed uh, in the Bible. But as he read that story this morning, and he made the application, and a great application, uh, we can't we can't let. Uh, really what other people do, hinder us uh, from the job that God wants us to do. And at lunch, uh, and I'm going to pray here in a minute, uh, well, uh, let me pray and then uh, I'll tell you what happened at lunch. All right. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and I pray that you bless this message tonight and help us from it. Uh, and again, bless Brother Semish and his wife as they make their way and just give us a wonderful time tonight, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, whenever I hear a message uh, any message, when I'm sitting there with a pen and a preacher's preaching, I'm writing down sermons. Uh, you know, this idea comes up and the Lord gives this or there's something in there. And, uh, and, uh, and I loved the application that he had made. But one of the applications that I brought up as we got to lunch uh, was about leaders. Uh, and I made the comparison to uh, pastors or servants, those who are, have a job to do and how they uh, may fight, uh, and, uh, and there's casualties, not maybe this kind of casualty, 
uh, but there are casualties to friendships and there are casualties to, uh, to following and, uh, and to churches and other types of things. And here's what, uh, what people would say about all of that. Uh, that one, one thing they say is that uh, they wish that, that everybody could just get along uh, and that we didn't have them. But we know from the Bible, even with men like Paul and Barnabas, there are going to be divisions. There are going to be times when, when biblical division is necessary. Uh, there are going to be uh, times where you can't live peaceably with all men. Uh, and there's going to be conflict. God tells us to mark and divide and, and separate. There are all kinds of scriptures that deal with all that. For, so for us to believe uh, in, in the, the rainbows and unicorn uh, utopia that everybody is going to just, we're all going to the same place, we're serving the same God, we should all just get along, uh, is, is probably the biggest pipe dream uh, that you can have as a Christian. It just isn't going to happen. In fact, the closer we get to the Lord's return, there's going to be more of it. Uh, and, and that's a... That's a a terrible thing to think about, but there just is. Uh, and, but there are scores and scores, I'll just say this, there are scores and scores of independent Baptists um, who are no longer in church today uh, because of the divisions among leaders uh, and the terrible things uh, even, and rightly so, uh, they are terrible things that some of these leaders have done, uh, but what they have done, and I'm going to say this as clear as I can be, has no bearing on, on, on from the, you know, your walk with the Lord. Um, God warns us not to, to look on men and, or to worship men. Our eyes need to be fixed upon God. And we get hurt and there are scars or whatever. And so if I, uh, as your pastor, uh, just you know, fell apart uh, in sin and just all kinds of different stuff, uh, you really have, if you, if you leave from that and you walk away from God and you blame me for walking away from God, everybody that, that knows you knows it's not true. You're, just, you're making that choice and you need to hang it on something. Uh, and uh, and nobody, ever wants to, nobody ever wants to leave a church or leave God or whatever and it be, well, you know, somebody says, well, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. I just decided I didn't want to love God and serve God anymore. They got to blame somebody else. So when he made that analogy about uh, them not moving forward uh, with what God wanted them to do, and there were, there were, there were customs involved. Uh, they couldn't walk past their, their dead leader. There was everything. There's stuff about dead bodies and blood and different things. But they're also, I mean, it was shocking what had just taken place. And what's shocking beyond uh, the actual story itself uh, was just even, even yeah, they covered up, that didn't work. People are still just, as people came by, they're like, whoa, uh, and, and nobody's moving, that they drag him off and out of the way, and then everybody goes forward. And there's, this, there's one takeaway that I want you to get uh, and understand is that whatever it is that, uh, that is keeping you from moving forward, whether it's personal hurt, um, or it's a third-party grievance or whatever it is, you need to drag it off to the side and move on. Uh, and, uh, and that's a wonderful truth or application that can be made from this scripture. Uh, and we've all got, all of us are commissioned by God to preach the gospel to, to, to people, to win people to Christ, to walk with Him. And your walk with God is dependent on two, two, two individuals, you and God. And, and God's 
always, always with it and on target. And so if there's ever a problem with your relationship with God, hands down, 100% money back guarantee, it's your problem. And so, so when, if you ever walk away from God, don't blame anybody else except yourself. Because God never allows anything in our life, never, never uh, brings us through any type of tribulation, difficulty, or, or hardship in our life uh, with the intent to drive us away from Him is always to bring us closer. And when we fail the Lord in those areas, it's our failure. Uh, and, uh, but God help us as Christians to, to blame everybody else uh, for our spiritual deficiencies. And I can think of scores and scores of, 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 of scenarios. Uh, and uh, and even, even over lunch, I, I said, hey, what about this person or whatever in Australia? And, uh, and he said, well, you know, just in fact, this last week, he had to resign and there's all kinds of this or that. And, and there'll be people in that church in Australia who quit on God because that preacher fell. And, uh, and, and when that happens, that's a sad thing. Um, but I hope and pray that, that they would just uh, realize that, um, yes, people are sinners, uh, but what, what other people do, sometimes, sometimes when people sin, it, it, it affects you in a direct way. Either you're the, uh, a victim of it uh, or uh, the, the consequences of it involve you or decisions. There's, there's trickle-down things. Nobody sins on an island. Uh, and so when people say it's, a, you know, uh, I always like this one, it's a victimless crime. Uh, it really isn't. Uh, there's always people who are affected by our decisions uh, and our sins. Uh, but, but, but that's a takeaway. But what was crazy to me is that they just, you know, picked up and went. And they did that. And then, and then as you read this story, and we won't do it for sake of time, when they get there uh, and the whole dynamic uh, with the woman, uh, uh, verse number 22, uh, in her wisdom, uh, she, they, they cut off the head of Sheba and threw it out. And, uh, and, uh, but notice that it says in verse 23, Now Joab was over all the host of Israel, uh, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Chetherites and over the Pethelites. And it, and it runs down kind of who, who are the bosses. At this point, and Joab's right at the top. Now, David, at this point, had had, had it up to here with Joab. Uh, and that is why uh, when, uh, when uh, he gave the job to, uh, to his brother and not him, it was kind of passive-aggressive, if I, if I could put it in today's kind of terminology. Um, he, he, needed, he, had, he had needed to, to deal with Joab time and time and time again. And in fact, this whole grabbing somebody by the beard and stabbing them in their fifth rib was the second time that Joab had done that. Uh, and the first time, uh, he kind of had a technical, uh, I guess, out or reason uh, that was a biblical reason, but he went about it the wrong way. Remember, in Bible times, if somebody killed your, your brother... Um, you could kill, kill them unless they went to a city of refuge. Uh, but there's like rules. There's rules of engagement. It's like, okay, uh, you think about people who duel and they would, you know, they take their pay. But it was, it was a fair fight. It was something that people, you didn't sneak up on somebody and stab them between the ribs. So Joab, had, had, he did this and it was a terrible, terrible thing. And God judged him. 
Uh, when you read in 1 Kings chapter number 2, David at the end of his life, and he's given instructions to Solomon. In a nutshell, he says, you know, uh, this Joab, you need to kill him. And so uh, Solomon had somebody, Joab runs and thinks he's going to find shelter uh, in the temple. And, and, and he went right in the temple and slew him and killed him for all that he had done. But, but David, with his leadership, in my opinion, and I'm going to show that to you as we go through, um, he put himself in a position to where he could only deal with Joab at the very end of his life, and somebody else had to do it after he was dead. And, uh, and so I'm going to show you. Would you like me to show you? Say amen. All right, thank you, because I was going to do it anyway. Uh, let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter number 2. Second uh, Samuel chapter number 2. It's really kind of a tale of two generals uh, at this part uh, in the Samuels, one Abner uh, and one Joab. Uh, Abner uh, was uh, the captain of Saul's host in verse number 8 of chapter number 2. Abner, the son of Ner, uh, captain of Saul's host, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul. Remember, David was anointed uh, king, and, uh, and they decided Ishbosheth uh, should be king. And, and so there's this, this split of, of, of Judah and Israel, and, and so Abner uh, was uh, part of that. And then I love this story, and again, I'm going to kind of paraphrase and summarize it as you go through, but I encourage you to read from 2 Samuel chapter number 2 up to where we were in chapter number 20. But uh, they, there's a pool, and I've preached from this, uh, this passage several times. And uh, so verse 12, Abner, the son of Ner, the servant of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, uh, went out from Menahem to Gibeon to a pool. And Joab, the son of Zariah, the servants of David, went out, and they met together by a pool. So basically, they're on one side of the pool, uh, Joab and David's men. Uh, and then uh, you had Abner and Saul's men on the other side, and they are bantering one another. Um, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Uh, and, uh, and so that David's men would do the same thing. But after a while, they said, hey, let's just play. And for them, playing was like swords uh, in, in, in knives. And so 12 of, of Joab's men, David's men, went out to play. Uh, and 12 of Saul's men, Abner's men, went out to play. And all of them, all they did is they all killed each other at the same time. Uh, if you read the story, verse number or 15 says, Then there arose and went over by number 12 of Benjamin, which pertained to Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and 12 of the servants of David. And they caught everyone his fellow by the head and thrust his sword into his fellow's side, so they fell down together. Wherefore, the place was called Helkath Hazarim, which is in Gibeon. So uh, it was a very sore battle. So they all went out there to play, and they all kill each other at the same time, and then it's on. It 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 is a battle. And when it's all said and done... Uh, there were 19 men, including Joab's brother, which we're going to see here in a second, uh, from Israel, uh, and 360 men uh, from Saul that died that day because of this fight. And, and, and by the way, we can preach about, what, was it all even necessary? It's just pride uh, and, and bantering uh, and all this different stuff, and it escalated, and it always does. Uh, and, and so we could, we could talk about that. So it says there was a very sore battle. Verse 18, And there were three sons of Zariah there, Joab and Abishai and Asahel. And Asahel was light of foot and is a wild roe. Uh, So he's like a deer, and he ran after Abner. Uh, And as he followed after Abner, Abner is fleeing from this thing and whatever, and their people are fighting, and Abner is basically saying, you need to chill out (laughs) and quit quit chasing me. Uh, And Abner kept doing it, and he told him again, Fall back. Leave me alone. Uh, 
And he kept doing it so that um, Abner, with his spear, reached out and stabbed Asahel between the, at the fifth rib uh, and killed him. Uh, that would, is what we would read uh, later on uh, in the passage. Uh, and so, uh, so they found out, Joab, what had happened to Abner. They continued to chase them. Uh, and uh, long story short, they get to a place, it was night, uh, there was a separation, and Abner's like, hey, we, we, we can't keep doing this. Uh, we can't keep fighting. Uh, as the Lord liveth, as God lives, and, and, uh, uh, and it, it, he just, he'd said, we can't do it. And verse 30, Joab returned from following Abner when he had gathered all the people together, their lack of David's servants, 19 men, and Asahel. So, so um, Abner killed Joab's brother. He was on team Judah, uh, and, uh, and Joab was on team Israel, team David. Uh, and uh, so there was a big war, and the war between Saul and David continued, uh, and uh, Abner uh, was um, um, on Saul's side. And at one point in chapter number three, Abner comes to David, brings 20 men, and basically Joab's gone. Abner comes, and there was politics. Uh, and there were, there were he, God, he knew at that point, Abner knew that David was the anointing king, and he wanted them to make an alliance, and which was the right thing to do. Uh, and, uh, and so they, it's a, it was a peaceful mission, uh, a, a diplomatic mission. In verse 22 of chapter number 3, And behold, the servants of David and Joab came from pursuing a troop, and brought in great spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron. He had, he had left for he had sent him away, and he was gone in peace. And Joab and all the host that was with him were come. They told Joab, saying, Abner was here. Joab, Joab basically says to the king, uh, and, and, and part of the reason I think that he felt enabled to talk to the king this way is because he knew and understood that David uh, was um, uh, intimidated uh, in a, to a certain extent uh, by him. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, it says uh, that uh, they were too much for him, which we're going to read uh, here in these next pages. Uh, so uh, he was intimidated. So he's just like, hey, why did you let this happen? And you sent him away. Don't you know that the only reason Abner wants to come here is so he can find out where you are and what you're doing? And uh, he's a spy, basically. Uh, and, uh, and so he went out after him. Uh, and uh, in verse number uh, 27... And when Abner, uh, excuse me, uh, let's back up. Uh, verse number 25. Thou knowest, Abner, the son of Ner, that he came uh, to deceive thee and uh, to know thy going out and thy coming in and to know all that thou doest. And when Joab was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which, which brought him again from the well of Sirah. And David didn't know it. So this is, what, this is anything David wanted. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak to him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib, and he died, and notice what it says, for the blood of Asahel, his brother. Uh, and, uh, and so when David heard it, uh, of course, he was bothered by it, but uh, he said, I'm guiltless, and the nation of Israel is guiltless. Uh, for what Joab had done, uh, and Joab, uh, the head uh, of Joab, is going to fall on him. He is going to give an account uh, for, uh, for what he had done. Uh, and verse number 39, as the story goes on, uh, he says this about them. He says, I, And I am this day weak, though anointed king, David saying that, 
and these men, the sons of Zariah, be too hard for me. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. So when we read that, maybe at the first time we read it, we say, well, um, they're just too hard for him. They intimidated him. They were too much to handle. They were, they were zealots for what they'd done. They, uh, they, they were, you know, hit first, talk second. Uh, they would just, just sooner kill somebody than to talk with them. And, uh, and Joab was a vengeful man on top of it, uh, and, but he didn't do it the right way, and everybody knew it, and David said, my hands are washed of it, Joab's going to give an account, and he says, I'm weak, these, these fellas are just too much. Now, here's, here's something I want you to think about. Every leader, you think about politics today, and we can make analogy as we go through this, um, leaders will say that they don't, they don't, that the Joabs and the Abishais, that they're too hard for them, but most leaders want Joabs and Abishais and Asahels. Uh, they, they, they want Jehus that go in and do, and do all that. You say, well, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. We're going to continue uh, going forward. So uh, he says they're too hard. So Saul's, uh, Saul's sons heard that Abner was dead, and, uh, and the stories kind of continue about their fights and whatever, and, uh, and then, then reuniting uh, the kingdoms uh, as we go through. Then we get into uh, chapter number 11, which is, uh, which is a sad commentary in, in David's life. And, uh, and uh, so we know the story. He's on his rooftop. He sees Bathsheba. Uh, he lies with her. Uh, and uh, and all of that, uh, and but but when that all took place, and then uh, notice what it says uh, in verse number six of chapter number eleven, and this is key. He says, "And David sent to who, Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite.' And Joab sent Uriah to David." And when Uriah was coming to him, David demanded of how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. And uh, David said to Uriah, try to go, you know, go home, spend time with your wife. He's trying to cover up his scandal. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Uriah, being an honorable man, didn't go home because his men couldn't go home. He wouldn't go home. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, he slept at the door of his house. And verse 11, Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah bite in tents. Uh, and my Lord Joab uh, and, uh, and the servants of my Lord are encamped in open fields. So it, it wasn't going to happen. Verse number 14, came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Think about that. Uh, and so, hey, uh, Uriah, would you take this letter to Joab? Sure, king. I would love to take this letter uh, to Joab. And when, when Joab opened the letter, it was a death sentence for Uriah. Uh, and it basically said, set Uriah at the front of the battle, uh, the hottest part of the battle, that he may be smitten and die. And so here's David, who had it up to here with, with men like Joab. They're just too hard for him. But when a, when a, when a scandalous job needed to get done, um, you go to the people who get stuff done. And so, so as much as he, uh, you know, I'm washing my hands and I'm guiltless of Asahel, uh, he's like, okay, I got... I got, some, I got some dark work, some, some Blackwater uh, secret stuff uh, to take care of. And so who can I get to do that, Joab? And, uh, and he sent him on this. And, uh, and uh, in verse 11, or excuse me, verse 18, uh, of course, Uriah is now dead. Then Joab sent 
and told David concerning all things concerning the war. So now Joab's going to report back. And he charged the messenger. So you tell, you tell the king. Uh, and he really, he, in, in one way he said, you give them this report and that report. And they're not really good reports. But when, but when, uh, when, he, uh, when he starts um, not liking that, just tell him in verse number 21, the end of it. Uh, then say thou. So he says, give them all the, all the bad news. And then say, um, Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Because, because that's, going to, that's going to change the dynamic of the conversation. So the messenger went in, came to David, for all Joab had sent for, uh, him for, in verse 22. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it says, verse 24, The shooter shot from off the wall upon thy servants, and some of thy king's servants uh, be dead. And thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So here's what David did. He sends a messenger back to Joab and says this to Joab. He says, let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. Make thy battle more strong against the city and gave him further things. But he basically says, in a word, he's saying, you know, what we just did, um, people die. People die in battle. Uh, and one dies like the other. And, he, and so David's writing to him, it's part of this whole cover-up, uh, and he's basically saying, people, people are going to die. Uh, and so get about your business and go along. And when the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead uh, and she mourned, David took her, uh, to her in. And the Bible says that it displeased the Lord. And, and, but there was a lot more involved. And then Nathan comes and says, thou art the man. And, uh, and, uh, and we know how all of that had taken place. And so we go a little bit further uh, as, uh, as uh, their, their, David's kingdom is expanding and Israel's doing what they're doing. Uh, and we get into Absalom, the story of Absalom, David's son. Uh, and, uh, and, and he sins, uh, not just with those concubines, but uh, all kinds of different things. And he is fleeing uh, and, uh, from David. Uh, when we get into uh, verses 16, 17, uh, you have a fifth of fell. And, and David loved his son, and uh, his son was just a train wreck. Uh, and, uh, and it gets into chapter number 18. Uh, and, uh, and he's sending out men after Absalom, and he gives them direct orders to be gentle with Absalom. Um, you know, go out there and do what you're going to do. Uh, and uh, but commanded them, verse number, uh, verse number five of chapter number 18, and the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, deal gently for my sake for the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard uh, when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. There was no plausible deniability. Uh, there was no, uh, you know, changing the narrative or, uh, or forming it. Everybody knew, every, every captain, everybody in charge knew uh, you go out there, but you're gentle with Absalom. Uh, and then we know the story when, and uh, he gets caught in a tree, and we get into verse number 14. And then said, Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took Joab, who, who David said, don't, basically don't kill him, be gentle. He took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak tree. And then we know that there was a runner, and I love the, it's like, I want to run, you don't need to run, you don't have a story, and he says, let me run, and he runs. And, and, and so the one runner passes up, Cushai gets to the palace, and David's like, hey, how'd it go with Absalom? He's like, I don't know, 
uh, I haven't heard. Uh, and then Cushai shows up, uh, and, uh, and he says, uh, what, what happened with my son? And he basically said to him, um, uh, like all the other men that are against you, your son is like them. And that was Bible talk for he's dead. Uh, and it grieved David greatly. In verse number 33, he said, O Absalom, uh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, uh, my son. And we get into verse number 19, or chapter number 19. Uh, and Joab hears that David's mourning. And he goes basically to the king and says, come on, um, suck it up. Uh, everybody's going to think you're a chump. Uh, because, because you're here crying about Absalom, uh, and uh, in, it's not in here, uh, but when you back up uh, and, you, and you think about what had happened with Uriah the Hittite and the letter that Joab uh, received from David at that time, Joab probably gave uh, some sage advice back to David uh, that he gave him about Uriah and said, you know what, men die in battle, David. Absalom's dead, but that's what happens. And David probably couldn't say a thing about it because of what had happened with Uriah. And Joab had hung this over his head this entire time. He comes in and he lays it all out and the king capitulated. Uh, and, uh, and they sent uh, and continued forward. And, uh, and we get into chapters number uh, 19 and 20 where we were. And there's another rebellion with Sheba. Uh, and he goes out uh, and he takes and he kills this other, this other guy again by the beard uh, and stabs him. I'm saying all that to bring us to uh, a point. Um, we all have heard the phrase, um, the, end justif- the ends justify the means. Uh, and and it's, it's pragmatism, and we, we find it in a lot of different things in our life today with politics and wars and everything else, uh, just stuff, decisions we make individually. Uh, we think the ends justify the means, and it really doesn't. And if there was a poster child uh, for that phrase, it would be Joab. Uh, he, was, he was power hungry. Uh, he, was, he was a politician. Uh, he, was, he was loyal to David. Uh, but he also had his own motives in, in what he wanted. And when, uh, when his, his leadership was threatened, uh, he connived uh, and cheated. Uh, and, and, and all of this happened uh, and was done uh, because David the king uh, allowed for it to happen. When you first read through uh, 2 Samuel and into 1 Kings, you, you, we, we come away in, uh, initially with this feeling that God... Uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And that these guys were doing these things, and, and David's like, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to let God. Because he'd done that with Saul, and we have that in our head. I'm not going to touch God's anointed. Uh, and I'm going to let, and he, and he said, I'm, I'm afraid, but I'm going to trust in God. And he, and he would pray for his enemies, but he knew that God was in control. And so we go into this story with that in our head, uh, and, it, and it wasn't anything like that at all. Uh, it, was, it was Joab had something on David. Uh, and, and if David was to bring it up while he was alive, it all would have just come out. And it's just kind of just like what we see in, 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 in our day uh, on the news. Uh, we say, what does is, what is, uh, you know, China have on the president? 
what does what does this person in in everyone's concerned with betting and background and the decisions that are made and in in how uh, people can just get by and, and do and uh, right now it's like okay what deals were made and why is this allowed in the Taliban and on and on and on it's politics and it's people and there's nothing new under the sun and men are the same today as they've always been uh, and uh, and when we uh, when we get involved in those types of things then we just we tie our hands to being able to do anything. Uh, in, in recent weeks, uh, and I won't get into all of it uh, for time and, and just not the place, uh, but there's another ministry uh, in, uh, in the United States where uh, there was uh, uh, a lawsuit brought against the church uh, for, um, from a youth pastor who was accused of, of, uh, of things that were inappropriate, uh, and the pastor um, didn't deal with it properly. So the pastor then, in turn, has resigned uh, and, uh, and, but here's what, here's what the news media and what you and I, if you knew the situation or whatever, here's what we think. What did the, what did the youth pastor have on the pastor? Uh, that, that he didn't, he didn't bring the hammer down and fire him. Uh, and like I say, most, like David's don't like Joab's and, 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 uh, and, and pastors or people in leadership uh, have a difficult time with the unscrupulous ways perhaps that some people do things. Uh, but there's also a part in our human nature that's like, uh, you know, if it's got to get done, I know who can do it. Uh, and uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in uh, Wisconsin with Pastor Wagenschutz, I was, uh, uh, I was kind of a spiritual shot caller <laughs> for uh, Pastor Wagenschutz. And what I mean by that was I love my pastor. Uh, and so if somebody wrote him a nasty gram, I wanted to know who it was. I wasn't going to go stab them between the, uh, under their fifth rib. But I would want to go and say, hey, leave the pastor alone uh, and, uh, and, and whatever. Or, and if I knew who it was, that's what I'd do. I'd be like, who are you to say? Or blah, blah, blah. And that's just what we are. And so I, I, I would care. And, and so in pastors, like, he knew that about me and he didn't want to tell me stuff. But his wife is like, you need to tell Brother Reno. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, and so it's like you didn't want, you didn't want Joab, uh, and, uh, but you're kind of cool with Joab at the same time. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm saying that is that we're, we're human beings. Um, but when the first time he stabbed, uh, you know, uh, somebody, Abner, he kind of had a, a biblical background. You could kind of technically say, well, he could avenge his brother. He didn't do it the right way, but under the law, uh, in the culture, in the time, that was complete an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, and unless you fled to a city of refuge, it was on. And, and in fact, even the kings and Solomon, David, other people would tell people, you need to, um, I'm going I'm to let you live, but you need to stay here. And if you leave here, you're dead. And then they would leave there. And somebody would catch up to him and, and slay him. And uh, so there were all these different, uh, you know, refuge, cities of refuge and things uh, in the Bible. Um, but when, my opinion, when, when Joab at this point takes Amasa, uh, and it wasn't even kind of like a uh, sneaky moto and hits him with, a, with the thing. It was grab him by, like grabbing somebody by the beard. If you have a beard here tonight, there's several of it, but if somebody grabbed me by my beard, I don't care if they're trying to kiss me, uh, and, uh, which, you know, it, again, it's a different culture, uh, and they kiss each other on the cheeks, and, uh, and begin, I was like, <laughs> and uh, to me, it just seems a little different. But, uh, but, if, uh, but if somebody 
grabs, you know, he grabbed him by the beard in his face and killed him. And he had no reason to do it other than his own greed and self-interest because he didn't want to be second in charge. He wanted to be first in charge. And all the people that were there that were chasing after Sheba were probably just as appalled uh, as, as we read in the story or as in conjecture as we think. It's like, like, did that just happen? But nobody did anything. They didn't, we're going to make a citizen's arrest. Joab, you're under arrest. Um, it's like David doesn't do anything to this guy. Uh, and David didn't. And it says that he was in charge until David was about to die. And he says, Solomon, you got to kill him uh, because he's done evil. Uh, and, 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 he, and at that time, and this was, David died, these things were written uh, in the, the whole uh, uh, Uriah uh, letter uh, thing and Joab's part in it and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, all that stuff wasn't necessarily, it wasn't common knowledge. Uh, and, uh, but he ends up getting killed. Saying all that to say this, is that we have to always be careful. Uh, it's the things that we do and the things that we allow in our life and the places, the positions that we put us in. If, we want, if you want to lead, uh, you've gotta, you have to lead and you have to do so from a right place and be above reproach and all those different things. Uh, and just know uh, that, uh, that you can hamstring yourself. It doesn't matter if, if you're in leadership at work, if it's your, in your leadership in, at home uh, or whatever it is. Uh, you, uh, you let things slide. Uh, you get people involved in these types of things. They're going to progressively get worse, and they're going to push the limits, and they'll be grabbing people and stabbing them, and there's just nothing that people could do uh, uh, because they got you in a corner. Even his own son, three darts. Uh, and, uh, and did what he did, uh, and uh, when he, everybody, everybody knew, don't. Well, how come, how's Joab getting away with this? Um, because uh, they had a whole thing going on in chapter number 11. Uh, and uh, so as terrible as this story is, it had progressed worse and worse uh, as time had gone on. Uh, and for all of the good things and all of the loyalty and all of the patriotism and all of the zeal uh, that was taking place in Joab's life or uh, any of the characters we read about David himself, uh, we are all fallen men uh, with natures that are bent on doing wrong, self-preservation, lies and scandals and all this different stuff. And, and, the, and the analogy or the, the application that was made today still applies uh, applies even more so, uh, is that they're going to they're gonna be Joab's in ministry. They're going to be preachers um, that have a zeal and not according to knowledge. Uh, they're going to do things all the wrong ways and for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and, uh, and, and then it gets exposed or whatever the case may be. Um, and you really have to decide now that there isn't, there isn't anything that anyone else can do. God says... Death, principalities, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He says that about his love for you. But what is it in your mind uh, that if this, one, if this thing happens, I've got, I have my out and everybody's going to think it's okay. There just really isn't one. You have to love God with all your heart. There isn't one person on the face of the earth uh, that should hinder your walk with God if they fail. Uh, and, uh, and decide now that that's, you're just, that's not going to happen to you. 
Uh, and if you do that, it's going to help you. And by the way, it not only will help you in state keeping your walk with God intact, it's going to help you to be more gracious and compassionate, to have pity for, to help, to extend, uh, to, to have mercy uh, and extend that to people. Uh, because, because you're just not looking, looking for ways or for an out for yourself or, or to blame. Uh, you think about someone who goes into a home, perhaps, and, uh, and they kill somebody in there, and, and, you know, and then the father, it's in the courtroom, and he jumps up and shoots the individual in a courtroom. There isn't a soul really on the face of the planet that looks at that man, uh, and they say, oh, it's wrong, he's going to go to jail, and he's going to, but, but everybody knows, like, hey, I mean, I get it. That the person killed their family. And so as wrong as it is, we, we compartmentalize that in our mind uh, and, and justify what was done. Uh, but when we know full well, and then, and, then when, and then we're Bible-believing Christians and we know the book and we've been redeemed, we're forgiven, uh, and we know grace and mercy, whatever. And when we see somebody on the news get up and say, uh, I, you know, yes, they killed my daughter, but I forgive them. And worse Christians would go like, ain't no way I would do that. I wouldn't forgive them. Or, and we've even said, perhaps, and to somebody else, some other person, I'll never forgive you for what you've done. And, uh, and when we say that, um, it's, I believe it's just a terrible affront to God uh, and just shows how, much, how little we know about grace and mercy in our own life. Uh, and uh, and uh, we, we've got to be very careful that we don't go down these roads. And so uh, a short 15-minute uh, narrative this morning with an application about not letting people do uh, things that will keep us from doing what God would have us to do, an expansion on that to not just involve that decision, but, but the things that lead up to it. Uh, in making sure that we, we, a little leaven leavens the whole lump or that sin has a progression in Joab's, um, Joab's become Joab's in many ways. I said this one time, uh, I, I, said, I, said some, I said some women are Jezebels because they're married to Ahab's. Think about that for a minute. And, uh, and uh, now people don't like when I say stuff like that, um, but it's true. And Joab, for all of his demeanor and zeal and everything that was Joab, uh, there's a part of, of all that that David owned um, because he didn't lead Joab the right way. And as great a man as David is, and when we get to heaven, he'll be there, and he's probably got, uh, you know, uh, he has more spirituality in his life than, than all of us put together forever. Uh, and, uh, but he made some mistakes. Uh, and, uh, and God put him in there. Uh, it's like what happened then can help us to understand Fox News when we're, when we're watching it, to understand people, because people have never changed. And, uh, and I hope that uh, that story, and go back and read it, and I hope it helps you tonight. Let's all stand, and we're out of time. And, and I'd just like to have the invitation go this way uh, this evening. Uh, and just, uh, you know, if, if you got a little bit of Joab in you, maybe that's something you need to deal with with the Lord. And uh, maybe, maybe you're a little um, like David where uh, you just allow a little bit too much because it's just too hard to handle. You don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to don't rock the boat. You don't want to have any conflict and you're all about peace and, and whatever. But maybe God has pointed out a dynamic or relationship where, where you need to say something. And hold somebody accountable. Because, because God places a great premium on the wisdom 
uh, of the wounds of a friend uh, or, or, or truth spoken, uh, uh, words fitly spoken, uh, and, and all, all that means. And, and, uh, and you don't want somebody to go down a slippery slope. Um, enabled is the word we use uh, by, by our not saying things. Um, maybe that's how God deals with his heart. I don't know how he has, but if he has, let's spend a few minutes in prayer this evening. As the piano begins to play, and, uh, and uh, we take those things before the Lord. And, uh, and uh, it was a different time and a, a very bloody story that's laid out for us in multiple ways all the way through the Old Testament. But they're there for our learning and our admonition. And God places them in there for a reason. And it's just as relevant today as it ever has been.